Welcome to the Digital Investors Podcast with Matt and Liz Rad, where we explore how you can invest in the new digital economy with expert interviews, proven strategies, and stories of success. Get inspired to grow your portfolio for the future. G'day everyone, this is Matt Rad here from the eBusiness Institute where we teach people how to buy and sell websites. And so if you're looking to buy an online business, today's interview is absolutely perfect for, for you because I'm really excited to have one of the industry leaders in the buying and selling website space as Thomas Smale. He's a founder or co-founder and CEO of FE International, which is one of the world's leading um, mergers and acquisitions companies in this space. They've been around since Liz and I have been online. They're very well trusted, but more importantly, they specialize in their, their niche is full-on mergers and acquisitions of websites in the seven and eight figure range. So what we can cover today with Thomas is some really interesting and unique insights. You're hearing it from the CEO himself of what is happening in this space. And it relates to all of us, no matter what size website you have. Thomas has got some amazing insights for us in this industry. As I said, he's one of the industry leaders here. And so I'm really excited to have Thomas on board. Thanks, Thomas, for coming along. Yeah, thanks for inviting me on again, Matt. Good to see you. Yeah, really good to see you again. And you made a big impact when you pre-COVID, when you came out live to one of our boot camps. Um, as I was saying to you, you've inspired a whole heap of our students to go out there and build amazing content sites, some of them seven figures. So it's really good to have you back doing this update. So what I what I want to start out with, it's been an exciting time in this industry. What are, what are you seeing? Because um, you're based, I, I want to make clear to everyone, Thomas is based in the US, even though he's got a, a, an English accent there. But And you've got quite a big team, haven't you? How big is your team now? Uh, we're over, over 50 at the moment. Okay. And you're operating out of uh, real offices, not even virtual offices. Uh, no, in- the, the real offices. We do have a few remote people, but we're, our biggest office is in New York. That's our head office. We have an office in London office in Miami, office just outside San Francisco. And then, like I said, we have a few remote people as well. Awesome. And so basically you are very much involved in that mergers and acquisitions in that seven and eight figure range. And and how has that gone over the last few years? Have you seen any major changes there? Because I know you're very consistent. This is your bread and butter for the last decade or so. But what have you seen happen over the last, say, two years? For sure, yeah. I mean, we've been in business since 2010, so... Nearly, nearly coming up for 12 years in the industry now. So I guess we've like seen a lot over that time. Um, over the last couple of years, the industry's definitely been growing. There's more people coming into the industry, more individuals. Uh, I think particularly as people, a lot of roles have either gone remote or forced to be temporarily remote. People are more mm-hmm. used to being online. So we're currently using Zoom. I think almost everyone has figured out how to yeah. use Zoom over the last couple of years, who previously never even would have thought about using using Zoom. So I think more and more people kind of are understanding how online business works just because they're kind of in the online world, which makes kind of complete sense. Um, the From a, a like bigger company perspective, large private equity firms have always been in the space, but more of them are continuing to either come down market. So look at smaller deals. So they might be looking at a $10 million deal where previously they might have only been looking at a fifty million dollar deal, which is a lot of the range we do we do business in. Um, a, a lot of those guys 
or also put more of their strategies around buying online businesses. They might want to buy a content business, digital products business, software business, e-commerce business or whatever. Whereas traditionally they might've been buying gyms, restaurants, gas stations, oh, whatever it, whatever yeah. it might be. So that I guess more and more companies getting more f- focused in that space. Um, and then from a, a seller perspective or business owner perspective, we've seen particularly at the lower end, a lot of people have almost been like forced through COVID to either spend more time on the side working on their online business because they've yeah. either lost their job, unfortunately, or not been able to go to work, or they just have more time because they're working from home. So because they're saving two or three hours a day on their commuting, they can spend their time on their business. So a lot of, I guess, what you previously call like a hobby website where they might be making $1,000 a month, those same people are now making $20,000 a month. Yep. So it's yep. gone from a hobby to like a, a full-time income. And we've seen lots of people do that. Um, at the higher end, I'd say the market is still quite similar because if you had a business making a million a year two years ago, you were yep. probably already full-time working on it. You didn't quit a job and then suddenly start spending more time during COVID. Um, so while a lot of those businesses have um, grown over the last few years, I'd say with, for example, with a uh, like e- e-commerce business, for example, a lot of e-commerce businesses have had uh, logistics challenges with kind of mm. particularly in the US, like shipping kind of costs of shipping from places like China or wherever their suppliers might be. It's definitely been difficult. Um, in the in the software space, we've generally seen a lot of demand there. Content space is always demand. Lots of people kind of coming into the industry. Um, and I'm assuming you and Liz have been seeing the same, more and more people yep. coming in. At the, not necessarily, I wouldn't necessarily call it the lower end of the market, but what we would describe as a smaller yep. deal too, a six yes. or a low seven-figure deal and yep. kind of turning it into a full-time thing, turning it into a real business. Maybe yep. some of the people in your network have started hiring employees, whereas yes. two years ago when I was meeting people at your event, they might have been just starting out, like maybe working with a freelancer or doing it on weekends. Now they have a team of 10 people and they're making 10 times more. Yeah, and that's exactly our our community. That you, you hit the nail on the head there. It's, it, I was just about to say, the second category is probably you know, 80-20 rule, but that would be 80% of our clients, you know, who are they've traditionally made say a thousand to two thousand dollars a month off their content sites or, or kind of semi-passive sites. And now we're finding a bunch of them because of COVID are now doing this full time and they're getting up to the twenty and thirty thousand a month um, with with you know the standard affiliate and AdSense related sites that you and I have known and loved for the last decade. And that's yeah. why. And that's why it's awesome when when you came out to Australia, Thomas, and you spoke to our audience, like one of the people that you inspired heavily is Mark, who's now a coach with us as well. But, you know, he he heard that story where you just sold that site, that content site for $15 million. And it was just, it was literally what we teach here at eBusiness, a simple content strategy. And you was, and I remember you said at the time, like, wow, it was just very simply run on an Excel spreadsheet. And you were able to sell that site for $15 million that they built up. So that that's the sort of thing that I think our, our community love hearing because the reality is most of us here are building content sites. We're not doing the e-commerce thing. We don't, we don't do SaaS really because that's not our expertise. So in the, the content site model, have you seen any changes there? Like in that, say, seven-figure space, um, the buyers, are they happy to buy smaller sites now? 
Right, like you said, in the, is it easy to sell a smaller site? Yeah, I'd say there's still demand. Like, there's always been demand for small sites. I think, regardless of the size, there's someone out there to buy it. It wouldn't necessarily be something that FE would be representing. If it's a twenty thousand dollar website, there's still demand for those. Like, we're probably not representing it, but that doesn't mean there's not people in the space willing to buy it. One thing we find with content businesses is. We did a deal recently. It was around um, about that $10 million deal. So not a small deal as such, but the, yep. the firm that bought it is a company that every single person listening to this would know. They're a household uh, firm, household investment bank behind them right. that everybody would know. And yep. usually they told us they don't even, even look at deals below about $100 million. But wow. because it was such a str- good strategic fit for them, they were interested it fit in with their portfolio. So what you do find with content businesses, because at least of all the businesses we work with, they're the least complex to run. You do yep. often find a huge amount of demand. If it's a good strategic fit at all levels, small sites, large sites, there's always demand out there looking to buy those businesses. And that hasn't really changed. I guess it's just more and more people coming into the space every so, day. So if you have a decent... This is what I love about internet businesses. You can have like a what seems to be this really obscure, almost micro niche that you cover with a content site. Like it might be a, like a, I don't know, like a, a, a passion hobby thing, like a knitting site or something. You think, oh, that no one, like it's just only going to be of interest to other knitters. But some of these big corporates will look at those niche sites and go, you know what? We might just nab that because it's got a highly targeted audience. And like you said, traditionally they would only spend a hundred million or whatever. Now they're prepared to come down to ten million. And are you seeing that even say down around the million dollar level as well? Oh, oh, for sure, even lower than that. I think the ten million example is just the fact. I can't disclose who they are, but if you heard the name, every single person has heard yeah. of that company. They're probably one of the top hundred biggest companies in the world. Um, by the lower end, yes, there's plenty of strategic buyers doing those kind of things, even at the lower end as well. So traditionally, and, and you know, you're very experienced working with these big corporate buyers, investment banks, and you know, private equity firms and, and individual big corporations. But say around that, I'm interested around that million dollar level for our clients' sakes, if they because they've, as you said, they've got our clients are building these sites to do these exits somewhere in the next two to five years. Have you seen a change down in that range in terms of the buyers? Like are these individual buyers who have a million dollars to spend? Are they high net worth individuals? And what sort of backgrounds would they have? Um, because you primarily deal with the US market, like American buyers. Definitely. I mean, first of all, we have clients all over the world, but I'd say okay. at that level, you, de- you definitely get a lot from the US, acquirer-wise. I'd say a million dollars is probably somewhat unique in that you have almost all different types of buyers at that level you do just get individuals who I guess are high net worth have a million dollars and want to invest it. You do get large strategics who might be those like public companies everyone has heard of who want to buy something strategic that fits into their portfolio. Um, you do get private equity funds who again, probably not a financial fit, but a strategic fit for something else in their portfolio um, like partnerships and, and groups. So maybe you and I are like, Hey, we, we yep. want to buy a, a website about mountain biking because we both like mountain biking. Yep. Let, let's buy let's buy this. Um or whatever it whatever it might be. So at that level you definitely get the broadest range of buyers. Whereas if you go to say 10 million, you get way less individuals. 
And if you go to say a hundred thousand, you get way less. You're almost definitely not going to get a public company. Um, yep. So a million dollars, very diverse range of buyers for almost any site in the content space. And have you, as a result of having so many buyers now in that space, have the valuations gone up at all on, say, around the million dollar to five million dollar websites? I say valuations have been valuations have been gradually going up over the years, and that's been quite consistent. I say what has changed is buyers' willingness to pay for what I describe like as a good business. So multiples for good businesses have gone up. And then yeah. lower quality businesses who are not people taking your coaching. They're not people that are connected yeah. with your tool. Thank a you. lot of those businesses are like not selling. We don't take them on. Our competitors don't take them on and they're just not selling anymore. Okay. Um, buyers have definitely got more savvy and they like know what to look for. What's a good right. business. What's a bad business. Um, and then for those good businesses, terms have also improved. So Yep. See, um, the, the multiple is one part of an acquisition, but also in the actual terms you get. So how much cash do you get up front for the business? Um, how much support do you have to do? Um, how quickly does the acquisition close? I mean, there's pages and pages of different um, kind of clauses I could give you, but terms have definitely improved as well. Like serious buyers are willing to move quickly, do good deals for good sites. Um, yep. So terms have definitely been improving. Um, particularly on deals we represent as well. Like one of the things we're really good at is getting sellers really good terms. It's not just maximizing valuation. It's also getting the highest amount of cash and all those elements yeah, as well. Yeah. So definitely been, definitely been improving, but it's not like multiples of multiples haven't doubled. So if you're coming into the space as a buyer, businesses are not suddenly completely unattainable and multiples are crazy. You shouldn't be buying anything. Um, so I'd say the market is still, at least at the level we operate, it's still rational. We're not seeing yep. people yep. paying yep. 20 yep. times revenue for a content site. And so, Thomas, for you, just a, a, you're not just a, a mergers and acquisitions, you know, expert and an advisor, but you invest, you still invest yourself into website deals, don't you? For sure. I'd say since day one of FE, like we started out buying and selling websites myself, like they were not very big. They were hundred dollars and I'd sell it for $500. That was yep. FE International 2010. That's what we were yep. doing. So I've, I guess I'm very fortunate that business is substantially bigger now. And all I personally know about all I've done since I graduated university was in like do deals in this space. So I don't, I don't know anything about real estate. I don't know anything about stocks. I have a, I guess a broad understanding, but it's not what I know about. I know this space. So I've always invested in the space, whether that's usually not as a like majority owner, usually just like partially um, into deals that then have like operators, um, particularly as like FE International, I'm CEO. This yeah. is my, I guess, more than full-time job. So I'm already busy. I don't have time to kind of operate as a side business. I've always invested like over the last couple of years, um, we invested in an ad network called Newer Media. That was probably one of the uh, largest deals we invested in. Um, I'm probably also one of the most relevant to your audience. Um, yeah. Also invest in a bunch of software businesses that most people never would have heard of, but I'd say uh, the newer media business is quite interesting because it's a, it's an ad network that I guess since day one of FE, we've always encouraged people who own content sites to test different ad networks. And we yeah. actually came across them because one of our clients who was selling content sites, I think he had sold about 10 sites through us 
was running all of his sites on this network, which is how we kind of got connected and how the deal ended up happening and how we ended up investing as well. Oh, yeah, so you've seen it work so well because that's one of the things we we teach here is change the monetization of your website or, or test new monetizations. And if you've got lots of traffic to the site, like, say, 50,000 uniques uh, impressions, you can go to something like Mediavine or Azoic. But what's the – so with newer media, I'm presuming – so it's similar to Mediavine then, is it? Yeah, I'd say that's probably like a pretty similar comparison. Like I said, I, I'm not involved in the – the day-to-day so i'm definitely yep. not the best person to ask yes. all the technical questions but i think anything above thirty thousand monthly impressions um i'd say in almost all cases at least what i've seen it will be adsense um i think a lot of people starting out sign up for adsense because it's kind of easy everyone kind of has everyone knows who google are so signing up for an account with them is easy but i'd say once you get your income above let's say 500 a month or maybe a thousand a month you should definitely start testing ad networks. And it, it might be Mediavine is best for you. It might be that it's newer media. It could be Ad Thrive. There's loads of networks out there, but you should test them. You shouldn't just listen to what I say or what you say and only use one network. You should test everything and see what's right for you because what works well for one person might not work well for you and what works well for you might not work well for the next person. So testing yeah, is an essential part of growth and success because you can in some cases, double your income overnight just from using a better network. Yep. And guys listening, our community, you should listen to Thomas here because think of what the deals that Thomas, you've just heard the sort of deals that Thomas specializes in, seven and eight figure, you know, $10 million to $50 million websites. And he's saying exactly what we tell you, test different monetizations on your websites when you're renovating them and fixing them up because it can really be successful. And as Thomas Thomas loves it so much, he's invested passively into one of these ad networks called Newer Media. So we'll put a link there for our community to go and check that out because that might be a really good alternative you know, thing that they can be doing over these next few years as they build out their content sites is just improve that monetization. Obviously, you've seen the results for yourself behind the scenes, you've got the real data, you know how effective it can be bumping up those um, AdSense. For sure. I would say anything, and it's the same if you buy a business, like if you buy a business that sells a product, usually the easiest way to increase income is just change the pricing. So exactly same with the content business. Either test a different network, whether it's an ad network or affiliate network, test different things. If you're with an affiliate network, doesn't work with all but with some you can always negotiate commissions as well i remember years ago when i was if more actively buying sites myself one of my best flips on paper back in i think 2012 was where i had a site and i negotiated with the affiliate partner and they doubled my commission within two weeks of owning the business so essentially the website was worth double overnight and i didn't do anything other than three emails to an affiliate manager yeah, and that, that's still a, that's a key. Liz and I have had very similar success stories when we started online as well with affiliate networks, and that's one of the key strategies we teach here. Don't just rely on your standard Amazon affiliate commissions because they're, they're not that great these days. You know, sometimes they're down as low as 2 to 4%. You can go direct, and we've seen our students get massive uplift, particularly from COVID. It's really interesting. There's a lot more direct affiliate offers out there now that will pay 10 to 20% on physical products. It's pretty impressive. It's a lot easier that I reckon than it was 10 years ago to find really good products to promote on site on, on websites now. 
For sure. And it's also, I guess, the best thing about a website, it's really easy to test. You don't yep. have to roll it out on every single page, find yep. your five most popular pages and, and test it on there. It might take you two hours. And if it doesn't work, it takes you five minutes to remove it. And if it does work, you can then roll it out on every other page as well. So awesome. always a, a good way to make more money. You don't necessarily have to work twice as much to make twice as much. Sometimes you can literally just change one thing. And that's all it will take. Yeah, that and it, it's awesome to hear that you know message repeated. Like you know, we we teach that, and it is so unreal to hear it from you. Who I do want to reiterate that it's really cool listening to your story. You've got to remember, Thomas. Everyone listening, Thomas knows your journey that you're going on because he started. You just heard he started out with the same sort of small little sites, and the first deals you were doing on FE International were in the you know, in the, the tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands. And now you must be pinching yourself, you know, a decade later, you're in the, in the hundred, like up to you know, 50 million type deals. It, it's a, it, it's an interesting it, journey, isn't it? it? It's crazy from that perspective. If you, I mean, it's my, my business partner laughs at me because when 10 years ago, if he asked me like how big I think the industry could get, I think yeah. I thought back then that the pinnacle would have been like maybe a million revenue business, and that we would maybe often be doing seven-figure deals. Back yep. then, eight-figure deals. So we go back to 2012. Eight-figure deals in the industry were just not happening. Like, no, you probably had never seen one. I'd never seen one. No. Um, I had no idea. So the industry's. I'm definitely gonna be interested to see where it goes in the next ten years, uh, because you've only grown. We've only grown. Lots of other companies in the yep. space have only grown, and more people doing like good things. Everybody makes more money. No one's. It's not a zero, a zero sum game. If you and Liz are doing well, that's good for us. If our competitors are doing well, that's also indirectly good for us because there's more and more people coming into the space, more people selling websites, buying websites. That's good for everybody in the industry. Yeah, it's really good to hear too because it is a common question we get asked by new people coming into our environment who are totally new to this space. They always say, well, are we at the peak of the market? And our answer is, no, I, I think this is like bricks and mortar world. You know, it, 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 buying and selling of businesses has always been around and now we're reaching a really good level in, in the internet space. And so for you guys going forward, obviously you see you see the same. You, you're, you're playing the long game just like us. I presume you're, you're not expecting massive growth as such or where you, you've put on new staff. I presume you've got 50 staff members now. Um What's your prediction, say, for the next five years? Let, let, let's finish the interview with, think of our audience. They're, they're that second group of people that you talked about who used to be hobbyists, building websites as a side hustle. Now they're seeing them as a real business. They're moving into this more and more full-time so they can quit their jobs. For someone like that, where do you see the next two to five years or the opportunities? I think, firstly, there will always be more opportunities. There's always going to be new ad networks to test, affiliate programs to test, new social networks to test mm -hmm. for traffic. Um, yeah. And like I said, you'll need, you'll need, particularly if you have a relatively small business. So the stage of my business is at, we're, I guess, fortunate to be eight-figure revenue business, a team over 50. For me to, there's not one thing I can do in my business which doubles revenue overnight. When you have a, at least not that I know of, and if someone does, feel free to email me and tell me and I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll do it in a, in a smaller business. If you're making 2000 a month, a thousand, even 200 from your site, there are lots of small things you can do to improve it. And those opportunities will continue to exist. 
So I think the main thing that will not change, there's not going to be, you've not missed the boat if you're starting today. I think yeah. a lot of people get in, they're like, oh, Thomas has been doing this 12 years, Matt and Liz have been doing this for ages. Yeah. They know everything. There's no way I can catch up. I wouldn't, my, I guess my underlying advice would be, do not worry about where the industry will be in five years. I can assure you the industry will still be going. More and more people in the world will be coming online. More and more people have internet access, Amazon accounts, credit cards, Lots of things that, I guess, from the UK, where I live in the US, you guys in Australia, we're very fortunate to have access to credit cards mm-hmm. and internet. We take it for granted. Lots of people in the world do not, but more and more people are getting that access. So there's only going to be more people coming online and the opportunities are only going to grow. There's not, it's not saturated. There's not too many people in the space. And you doing well does not mean your neighbor or someone else in your coaching group or yeah. someone in your mentorship group or your coach cannot do well. Everyone can do well together. And there's almost unlimited amount of opportunities online. Awesome. Yeah, that is that is unreal. Thank you so much for that. And, and so, Thomas, for our members or anyone that wants to reach out to you, what's the best way if they want to have a confidential discussion, say they've got a bigger website? We do know there's people listening to this that have significantly sized websites. Um, what's the best way for them to contact you or your team? Sure. Uh, I'd say best thing to do usually go to the fintnational.com website. You can either choose if you're buying and you want to just buying. browse the businesses we have, go to that section. If you want to sell, um, I'm sure once this goes up on social media, you'll tag me. If you want to reach out to me personally, um, I have a team that helps me with social media. So don't be worried about sending me a message. I'll pick it up. If I'm not the best person to help, I'll make an introduction to the best person in my team. But feel free to reach out, even if you're just not sure and you just have a question. Like, I've been doing this a long time. I enjoy, this is what I enjoy. You don't necessarily need to be a client for me to ask ask a question or answer a question. No question is like too small or too stupid. More than happy to answer. So email me, social media, reach out to the team. We'll be happy to pick it up. Want to speak to Thomas, um, you know, contact him with the links that we put below here. And big thank you, Thomas, for coming along today. Looking forward to an update again down the track, but big thank you for coming along today. Yeah, thanks for inviting me. And hopefully next time I see you, we'll be in person rather than Zoom. In person, absolutely. (laughs) All right, we'll speak soon. Thanks, Matt. You've been listening to a Digital Investors podcast with Matt and Liz Rad from the eBusiness Institute. If you'd like more great content, interviews and inspiration, make sure you subscribe here in your podcast app or visit digitalinvestors.com for more insights into the future of investing online.